Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is a podcast from The Bugle. You've been friends since you were children. You don't remember the last time you went a day without speaking. And then one day, your hands touch by accident. You look into one another's eyes, seeing each other for the first time. It's like time stops and the birds are singing just for you. But you're both engaged to other people. Also, you're both wedding planners and you're planning each other's weddings. If anything were to happen, you wouldn't just be breaking two hearts. You'd be breaking two contracts. But everything's changed now. You can't pretend it hasn't. The day arrives at last, and instead of two weddings, the guests find only one. You're doing it. You're going to marry each other. To hell with your commitments. No refunds. But as the ring slides down your finger, you realize you've made a terrible mistake. Your true love isn't rattling off wedding vows. Your true love isn't even at this wedding. Your true love is the gargle. The Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for the visual world. Welcome to this audio magazine. All of the news, none of the politics. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, your guest editors for this week's edition uh, of the podcast. Uh, Neil Delamere and Alison Spittle, welcome. Oh, 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 thank you so much for having me, Alice. Great to be on Neil again. Alison, you have your own sound effect introduction that you did there that was amazing. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, yes, it's like, uh, you know the way producers of songs have like, a red one. Uh, this is me <laughs> introducing myself in a podcast with my own uh, Effect, yeah. <laughs> I think that was magnificent. I think you should have it in real life. I think it should be like Miss Alison Spittle of Moat County Bead. When you walk into a room and a guy like in red livery and an old corn just announces you everywhere. I'd amazing. love that. I would love that. Like my coming to America. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, but also like an air horn. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite an aggressive combination of the modern and the ancient together. That's how that's how she arrives to everything. She rocks up in a car that's bouncing and then she she presses the horn and it goes da 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 Alison's metal well we're going to clasp each other's hips and dance merrily into the body of this week's magazine but first let's have a look at the front cover this week the front cover is an Oscars award looking sad as everyone ignores it to focus on Will Smith getting uh, his slap on uh, and the headlines are the other side of the Oscars apparently there was some sort of awards <laughs> <laughs> and the new diet that's turning heads keep these names out your f-ing mouth <laughs> there's been too many takes would you agree like um, 
genuinely, there's a part of me that like goes, uh, "Oh yeah, Will Smith should be ashamed of himself." But like um, every wedding I've been to, someone has done a Will Smith. Do you know what I mean? Where like, uh, <laughs> no, Neil, is that not normal for you? No, I'm just thinking that the chances of every wedding you've ever been at, Jada Pinkett Smith to be at them is just <laughs> remarkable. I move in great circles. <laughs> you really do. It's it's the introductory horn, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is definitely the introductory horn. That sounds like yeah, one night stand or something. <laughs> that was the originally uh, tabled name for Tinder, but they decided to. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a particularly raucous dance in our school. <laughs> this is where you go for it. Yeah, the introductory horn is like uh, what some man can be arrested for on the train or something. Hello. Like it was just an introductory horn. Hong Kong. <laughs> like, nope. I just put it out there and and let the universe decide how to react. <laughs> that's what flasters do don't they generally they're just too open with the world aren't they yeah i i don't know like uh my take is uh very ambivalent it, it changes all the time i'm i like i don't think that was a bad joke that chris rock did i thought it was quite complimentary gi jane is beautiful yeah there are more horrible alopecia jokes that you know that I, that could have come out of Chris Rock's mouth and I think he thought he was doing a softball by comparing a very beautiful woman to another very beautiful woman very beautiful. of a similar haircut. I think so too I believe that he I believe when he says he didn't know about the alopecia also uh, he doesn't write the jokes come on he's writing for the Oscars he's got a team of like 10 people writing jokes yeah somebody said what they would have liked to have seen is just if they just in terms of not the morals of this, just the sheer spectacle of if Chris Rock, unbeknownst to Will Smith, had done a boxing yes. film, and Will Smith goes to, and he just slips the punch and decks him, just in terms of <laughs> the outcome of that, it would have been absolutely amazing. The skinny older dude just lamps Will Smith and goes, "You didn't expect that, did you?" And just lords <laughs> over his body. Genuinely, I think that happened in Ireland, though. I think there was an Irish comedian. I'm not going to name him, but he used to be a boxer and he was doing stand up and some drunk guy got up to give him a slap. And uh, that drunk guy went to sleep for a, a few seconds. I don't know how, but he just was unconscious. So there is that thing of like, don't be, especially comedians are getting fitter and fitter these days and angrier. You know, I would, I would be a, a bit wary about punching out a comedian. It's not like the old days. Well, let's not be every other single podcast that's happening at the moment. I feel like all po podcasts obligatorily have to mention the slap. But let's move on. The satirical cartoon for this week is a Ukrainian fighter in a tuxedo slapping a Russian tank while his friend films it. Caption: Do they care about us now? <laughs> And now we get into our cosplay section this week. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, actor and name hoarder, has announced that not only will she be officiating her daughter's wedding, she'll be doing it dressed as Jaina Proudmoore, a character from the video game World of Warcraft. Mm. The most powerful human sorceress alive, Jamie Lee Curtis invented new, two new kinds of nappy. That's true. Did you know that? Although the patent uh, for one of them has expired, so... Hands on nappies, everybody. This is genuine. This is not like a... This is genuine. Half a glass of rumours or anything like that. No. This is a legitimate... This is a legitimate pursuit of Jamie Lee Curtis when she's not acting her pants off. Um, she's acting baby's pants on. <laughs> wow. You would have thought that, like, thousands of years of human civilization would have brought us to peak nappy. I wouldn't have thought that we could get to modifications but jamie lee curtis has has she squared has. that circle i mean she's thought inside the box outside the box <laughs> all of the things that a nappy can be 
in or outside a box. Those are the only two things a nappy can be. It's really the only two things anything can be uh, if you look at things in a certain way. Never go in Dragon's Den, Alice. Never go in Dragon's Den. Just walking up the stairs, throwing a box of nappies at them, going, listen, it's in, her, in the box or out of the box. You f***ing decide. I'm not here to babysit you. I have a child. That's why I'm designing a new nappy. Well, Neil Delamere, you have the beard of a man who might play World of Warcraft. Can you unpack this story for us? <laughs> Well, the first thing I thought about when I saw this story is that Alison... So she she's officiating at her daughter's wedding and that Alison and I were raised in very traditional Catholic Ireland. So if one of your parents was officiating your wedding, oh. that would be the talk of the town. <laughs> Wouldn't it, Alison? It would be the talk of the town. You'd be, you'd be standing there going, continue, Father Brennan, because uh, it's not like father, like son. I'm not afraid of, afraid of commitment. <laughs> wink, 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 wink. But um, she dressed as somebody from World of Warcraft and... Um, I'm hoping that, because her daughter's into cosplay as well, I'm, I'm hoping that there's loads of cosplay all over the place. I would like somebody to be dressed as Frodo. And then when the when somebody brings the rings out, he just grabs them and then destroys them <laughs> by throwing them into a lava lamp. But they're getting married, I think, in her backyard, which is the ultimate kind of wealthy Californian thing to do, I think. Like, I don't think anybody does that in England or Ireland. I don't know about Australia where you would have a magnificent kind of maybe outback ranch, but nobody does it here. Nobody does it in suburbia. Nobody goes, Mary, stand over by the green wheelie bin there because I want to get the fake plastic brass in the background. Your father now is going to stand with one foot in the paddling pool and one foot on the goalpost. It's going to look amazing for the pictures. It's a very American thing to do. It's incredibly American. It also feels like uh, essentially weddings are cosplay, though. To say that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is doing cosplay at a wedding. Aren't we all cosplaying when we go to a wedding? My mammy wants me to get married so hard because she wants to wear a fascinator, essentially. <laughs> and I'm like, mammy, you can wear a fascinator any day of the week, love. Do you know? Yeah. Wear a fancy hat. Yeah, it's just a tiny hat. It's just not enough of a hat. Yeah, yeah. That's what a fascinator is. just not enough of a hat. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's like a peninsula of hats. You know what I mean? It's not quite a, an island, not quite land. It's just there. So interesting you were saying about like cosplaying and computer games and stuff. Like They're into computer games. And I think they're missing a trick here with who uh, Jamie Lee Curtis should be cosplaying as. I think uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, the rings are there. You know, you drop the <laughs> ring. She's going to pick it up straight away. Zoom, you know, she's got it. And then you just hit her. I just think this is a bit rich. I mean, it's a bit rich in that they're having their fabulous wedding at their, in their backyard. But I mean, I think it's a bit rich to ask your mum to work on your wedding day. No, they you know love I mean. it. Because her job is dressing up as other people. <laughs> Mammies love doing the extra bit, you know, that, that you can go, are you okay, ma'am? And they're like, no, no, I'm fine. I live to serve. I live to serve. And this is your, you're just giving mummy that extra bit to do. Actually, I've become way more disobliging since I had a baby. <laughs> Do you, are you confusing your mother with the New York police force? <laughs> I, I live to serve. I live to serve. And if any of you get out of the line, you're going down. I know. Look, they're both very good at smelling weed. Like a very small amount of it. Do you know? They, they both, I get stopped and searched <laughs> by my mammy. Like, you know. I was stopped. My mother used to carry her wooden spoon in a holster. She was <laughs> hardcore. She was like, yeah, uh, she was like, she'd take it out and it would be like Zorro. You, the first bit of back chat, like, boom, bang, 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 back in the holster. And it'd be a big M on your chest for mammy. That's so true. No messing around. <laughs> Neil, maybe we should explain as Irish people. We all had quite violent childhoods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're grand. We now. are. Perfectly fine. We're grand. Very good at uh, 
attracting foreign direct investment. That's the main thing <laughs> that we do very well. Yeah, the spatula industry are very... Uh... You're into cosplay, though, really, kind of, Alison, aren't you? Because I've seen you dress up as film characters with, you know, watching films, film alongs, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, I've dressed up as Miss Trunchbull. Uh, that's when I realised uh, that buns suit me. Like, that woman is an... Oh. Miss Trunchbull from Matilda, the headmaster, uh, a horrible uh, child abuser uh, in the story, but incredible looks that woman was serving. She's a fashion icon. She really is. Oh, yeah, villains have got all the best looks. Best tailoring goes to villains. They yeah. really do, don't they? That's why, like, Karl Lagerfeld is such a stylish man, but yet so horrible, you know? <laughs> Never be a defence attorney, Alison. Like, I'm not sure if that's proper mitigation. <laughs> Listen, I mean, it was a lot of war crimes, I'll be honest with you, but, I mean, look at his suit. Look how sharp that is. Look at him serve. Look at him serve. <laughs> Slay. He, slay. he may have really slayed a lot of people, but has he not slayed us with that incredible suit as well? As, uh, you know. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Do you want to open that package, but your mouth is full? Is that itch too far away to reach with your teeth? Are you sick of the taste of lottery scratchings? Then you need fingernails. Fingernails. The teeth for your hands. <laughs> have you ever imagined having teeth for nails or nails for teeth? Oh. That you have now. I think mm. a, a trip mm. to the manicurist would be way worse. I mean, you wouldn't be able to chat for one, you know. She'd be like, how's your day? And then you're like, oh, why aren't you? While she's painting your teeth. I mean, you would always be biting your nails as well. Very rude. Teeth, teeth for nails would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, Will Smith would give a better slap, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's only one step away from Wolverine at that point, isn't it? <laughs> the closest I know to, uh, of teeth to nails is my grandmother, who had a bracelet with every single one of her three children's uh, childhood teeth um, set in gold around it with the dates that they had been lost and the initials of each child. So I think I think uh, children have about twenty teeth before you get before you get your adult set. So about sixty teeth on a gold charm bracelet. What you have to hope for there is that she was patient enough to wait for the last ones to fall out. <laughs> like if she was a real collector, she was a real like collector. A and she'd like she had like fifty four teeth that she was looking at the youngest child, going, "Okay, <laughs> get trophy collectors, big game hunter, get the trampoline and the hammer." What's What's amazing is that both me, me and Neil have uh, disclosed that in our childhood we got beaten with wooden spoons. But yeah, what you've shared, Alice, is far more traumatic. Like as a yeah. childhood memory. <laughs> That's a Hannibal Lecter prequel. I mean, we're ours are charming prologues to Ash, Angela's Ashes. Yours, yours, full on horror. You're sick of waking up well-rested? Are you tired of not being able to hang paintings with your mattress? What's the point of a pillow if it can't stick two pieces of wood together? It's time for a change. It's time for a bed of nails. Bed of nails. Why go to bed if you're not going to get nailed? (laughs) Do you love the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Do you have no strong feelings about the DC Cinematic Universe? Did you forget there was a Godzilla Cinematic Universe? Wouldn't it be even better if they were all the same cinematic universe. Introducing the Cinematic Universe Cinematic Universe. It's not art if it's not a sequel. (laughs) You care too much about your health to drink Kool-Aid. Fizzy drinks are even worse, but your cult needs to drink something if it's going to transcend physical reality. 
Try half a glass of water. It's difficult to end everything with it, but you can try. <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our ad section because now it's time for your reverse Cinderella news. We've all done it. We've gone to Spain. We've met an adult man dressed as a baby. We've had his name tattooed on our bum. Uh, Alison Spittle, can you unpack this story for us? So this is an amazing story. It's uh, about this lady. Um, she's on holiday. I think it's in Magaluf, of course. And uh, she she's hunting down the man who, whose name she got tattooed on her bum. She says, I don't regret my tattoo at all. I'll never get rid of it either. It's a nice reminder of our girl trip, so, uh, girl's trip away. And what what's hilarious to me is Kaylee Williams is her name. She got this man's uh, name tattooed on her bum. It's not just his first name. She got the whole lot. It's Daniel Ford. So Daniel Ford has been tattooed on her left bum cheek. And it was for 30 quid, it was, right? And now she's trying to get back in touch with him. God gave you two cheeks for a reason. If you're going to get a man's name tattooed on your bum, get his phone number and email address <laughs> on the other side. You have the room. You have the room. What What's amazing to me is they actually, when I got my first tattoo in Newcastle, one that cost 30 quid, it was far, I was far too drunk like I was bleeding through like he really shouldn't have tattooed me this man but he also <laughs> tattooed a, a stag party in front of me and everyone had to sign the groom's bum and uh, and he got like about 12 names tattooed on his bum so like this man's arse looked like the declaration of independence by the end of it or like one of those tea towels <laughs> you get from schools where people get to sign stuff and then, you you know, it was just too much writing. So this lady's gone for a minimalist approach with Daniel Ford. That's not a tattoo. That's a petition. That is a petition, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Petitioning his fiance. If you sign the bum enough, it'll pass something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't shocked by this story. I, I, I really am rooting for her to meet him. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, she's happily married to somebody else and she hasn't decided what she's going to do when she meets him. So either she's looking to get out of her current relationship or she just wants revenge and she's just going to hunt him down and tattoo her name on his palm. (laughs) Could you you imagine like a romantic comedy with like, uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez is in it. She wakes up with a tattoo of a full name across her arse and has to find the man. Like, this is the setup. I would watch this as a romantic comedy. It would be beautiful because, you know, the tropes are gone. You can't run through an airport anymore without being shot, you know. Mm-hmm. True. Can't play a boombox anymore. You have to no. offer someone one earbud, which is less grand as a gesture. 
You can't even follow someone around anymore and make big gestures. That is stalking. So, like, we have to change the romantic comedy trope. And I think this is the first step. I think this is great. I do have this image of the two of them. I'm, what I would like to have happened, right? They were, they were both very drunk when this happened, right? So there's a very good chance that he doesn't remember her and she doesn't remember him because she didn't see him the next day after she got the tattoo done, right? Mm. So I quite like the idea of them hooking up years later, right? They, they're, all, they're both single. They get back to her place or his place. They take off their clothes. They start to do what people do. And his name is pre-tattooed <laughs> on her backside. <laughs> I think the level of freaking out that, that would engender in any person would be amazing to watch. I mean, this is the story. A friend of mine uh, once went on a first date with a magician and they got back to her house and he did a magic trick that involved a card suddenly appearing on the outside of her bedroom window, which means that he had scouted her place uh, out beforehand and stuck a card on the outside of her bedroom window on spec that he would be invited in. Alice, I can't Holy believe you're telling me that magicians are creepy. This is like destroying my whole outlook on life. I've got nothing against magicians. My only issue with magicians is that they're men who couldn't talk to women who decided that the solution was to trick them better. <laughs> I'd be freaked out if you, if you if you were named after your dad, Neil. Do you remember you were talking about like the kind of like, you know, if if, oh, if, yeah. if you're named after your dad and then you find this woman with your name on your arse, you'd be like, I, I don't know what to think. Like, you know, yeah. it would be scary. Well, would you continue as a man? I don't know. Would you can, <laughs> would you just continue and go? <laughs> you would, you certainly Neil. couldn't say who's your daddy during the thing. You, you would you would insist on junior, wouldn't you? you you'd insist that the junior be, be part of the tattoo. Just so we're clear on this. Now it's time for our next segment, which is our reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring something in to review out of five stars. This week, Neil Delamere, what have you brought in for us? I have been watching The Great British Bake Off um, because I had it recorded and, I have, and it's available on, I think, all four. And it, this season is exceptional. Jürgen the German is one of my favourite real life people. From day one he came out and was smashing it. Like day one he was like, I have invented a fully functioning electron microscope out of gingerbread and the brandy snap and on the slides they're made of gelatin and the slide has, has a genuine DNA sample of Mr. Kipling and then there was a <laughs> Like these other people were like, I made an apple tart. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. It's so good because it represents, well, first of all, it's all French, which I didn't realize. Everything is creme patisserie, creme diplomat, and creme Gerard Depardieu baked in a citron <laughs> Picasso. It's all amazing stuff. And it's all from the, it's all, if you look at these French recipes, they're so advanced. They're, this is from recipe books from the 19th century. And you think, I don't know about you, Alison. I think, like, what does a 19th century Irish recipe book say? It says, one, find food. Two, have you found food? No, go to America. That's what it says. <laughs> Three, steal the food. If you have stolen the food, go to Australia. There, that's basically how it works. And uh, it presents this kind of twee version of Britishness that everybody around the world, and even in Ireland, finds quite comforting. Because you see a white tent in the English countryside at 8 o'clock on Channel 4, and you think, oh, people are baking. Whereas you see a white tent on the news from, say, London, you go, there's been a murder, a, a very significant murder. And, um... Every time I see a white tent now, I think, ah, rapid antigen testing centre. Oh, well, that's better than the state pathologist walking out going, Whoa. <laughs> So I think uh, 
generally speaking, Great British Bake Off this year, five stars. Mm. Five stars for the Great British Bake Off. I watched uh, an episode of the Great British Bake Off when I was in labour, so I can second that five star experience. Did they take the child out and go, oh, it needs to be proofed more, and then put the child back in? <laughs> <laughs> Not enough lamination. Alison Spittle, what have you brought in for us? So I have started started to review uh, COVID. I got COVID two weeks ago. Uh, It was shit. I slept for a long time. One of the big things about COVID is uh, brain fog. I couldn't watch anything that required any kind of thought altogether. So I just started watching the Formula One reality TV series on Netflix. Amazing. It's so funny because I'm watching it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're starting to root for these people and then you get to see their family's houses and you're like, hey, they're rich. And that's the whole thing about Formula One. Everyone's rich in it. So I root for nobody in it. There's no true underdogs in Formula One. They're going to be fine. Like if you don't make it in Formula One, you'll do hedge funding. You'll go into your dad's wine business. You're going to be fine. So it was great to watch a, a reality show. Uh, they didn't require any brain work altogether. And for COVID, I'm going to give it uh, two stars out of five. It's a shitty disease, but I survived it. And uh, yeah, and for race to this this Formula One reality TV show I'm watching, I'm going to give that uh, two stars as well because I need to watch it when I'm not having COVID, and we'll see we'll see how it is. But the brain fog is still here. This is my belief: you should never recommend a movie that you have seen on a plane. Because you think it's amazing when you're on the plane. That's because you're dehydrated and miserable and bored out of your mind and you would be grateful to anything. <laughs> never never recommend anything that you enjoyed while you were on a plane or during a breakup. Those are both, your just judgment is impaired. Oh, so I shouldn't recommend like a shagging strangers then. Like, because I do that when I'm on a plane or I'm in a breakup. So. Now it's time for our seagull war section. The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun. Uh, presumably to put the good guy with a gun in front of the bad guy is a, sort of a human shield. Apparently the principle works equally well for seagulls. For years, St. Mark's Square in Venice has been plagued by seagull thieves. This new breed of gentleman pickpocket is so daring that they've been known disgustingly to steal food directly from tourists' mouths while they're chewing it, which is only romantic if you're both dogs. Uh, Neil Delamere, <laughs> you're both dogs. Can you unpack this story for us? <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 one of the hotels, specifically in St. Mark's Square, they've decided that they're going to give their um, patrons orange water pistols. Uh, they researched orange because apparently seagulls hate orange. And if the seagull sees the water pistol, it will fly away and not plague the patron of the hotel's uh, lives. Now, I have a couple of issues with this. First of all, I know it's a bit of a stereotype, stereotype to say, but seagulls certainly are getting getting bigger. They're absolutely massive. Now, I remember going to the beach here in Dublin when I was a child, and you get you get a little whatever ice cream, and the seagull come down and grab your ice cream. I was at Dollyman Strand uh, two weeks ago, and I was getting an ice cream, and I turned around, and I saw a seagull fly off with the van. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard the Doppler effect of... Uh, they're massive however Mm. if you're the type of seagull that is disturbed by a jet of water you're a type of seagull i feel the emphasis should be on the sea uh, and you're annoyed by 
water from a water pistol. I'm not sure that you're the type of aggressive seagull that would steal food from somebody's mouth. You know, I don't know if that necessarily works. Like they're like, well, we get a lot of mosquitoes here as well. So what we started doing is throwing blood bags at them. Oh, that'll really teach them a lesson. <laughs> I mean, it's just also the solution being these water pistols uh, for protection against the seagulls. When we all know the studies show that the real way to fix the problem is to do something about the socioeconomic conditions the seagulls are living in. Tough on seagulls, tough on the causes of seagulls. Yep. <laughs> I think I think you could be right. I mean, I think it's just a plaster. I think you're. It's just a bandaid over the avian problem. I think you're right, Alice. But also, Venice is one of the most expensive cities on earth. It, like, if I pay twenty one euro for a club sandwich, there isn't an animal on the planet that would get it off me. An escaped tiger could be roaming St Mark's Square, and people would be like. Uh, he caused the crowds to flee, except one Irish man who shouted at the man-eater, and I quote, this Cornetto was nine euro, I <laughs> needed to wear a like face. It's not Joe Exotic that you have here. You know, I think I've talked about before in this podcast, I am shooting pigeons with a water pistol at the moment. My balcony has been once again uh, uh, taken over by pigeons, and like uh, one of the steps, I've got a book, I've got two self-help books about how to get rid of pigeons. And, wow! Uh, isn't that mad? There's two. Yeah, it's not working on the pigeons, so I don't see how it's going to work on the seagulls. Don't the you fear escalation? That if you bring a pistol to the pigeon fight, they'll come back with super soakers, <laughs> and the next thing there's an arms race, and everyone's riding around in tanks. <laughs> <laughs> the pigeons are trying to take over. They really are trying to take over. Yeah, they build. They're incredible res- at building nests. They're you really are resisting are. the urge for a joke here, Alison. Oh yeah, the, the pigeons are taking over. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. That would that would mean it was some sort of a. Anybody? Anybody? Coo. Okay. Coo. coo. I'm saying coo. Look, I'm from Australia, where we genuinely had a thing called the Emu War, which the emus won. So uh, look that up what? on Wikipedia if you want something fun Hold to on. do with your afternoon. I'm not going to tell you about it. That's not news. So if the, does that mean the emus are through to the final and they play the cods who won the Icelandic-British <laughs> thing? That's that's how that works, isn't it? That is how it works. No, they're real, real emus. Um, apparently they're really hard to shoot at because they've got tiny heads, <laughs> tiny heads and beautiful mad eyes, and they'll kick your guts out. <laughs> What a country. What What a a country. country. What a country. Well, that's all the time we have for our Seagull War news because we've reached the end of our episode, flipping through the ads at the back. Neil Delamere, have you got anything to plug? I'm on tour. I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I just found out that Alison Spittle was there as well and Alice Fraser. Hopefully it's going to be there and we can share the same room again and we can both forget each other afterwards. (laughs) Hey, I didn't forget you. I just didn't have your last name on the tip of my tongue. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, and I'm on social at, at Neil Delamer Comedy and all the rest of it. Uh, Alison Spittle, have you got anything to plug? Yes, yeah, so I'm bringing over an Edinburgh show. It's not on sale yet. It's called Wet and it's about... Um, it's about it's about aqua aerobics and violence and uh, the coil like those are the I'm trying to link them all together at the moment and I got a load of previews coming up so I got some previews in uh, uh, London I'm going to McLanlift Festival I'm going to Cambridge Fringe Festival uh, Hey on Why Where the Light Gets In 
Edinburgh. If you go to my Instagram page, I'll have a full list of where you can find me in my previews. I've also got a podcast called uh, The Alison Spittle Show, which is on the Headstuff Network, which is coming back this year. And another podcast called Wheel of Misfortune, which I'm presenting with guest co-hosts at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, please come and have a listen to that. I'd like to say thank you to our roving reporters, Miss Otis who, for the Seagull Water Pistol and Bum Tattoo stories, and Sam Rugg for additional material to this week's script. I would also like to say I'm Alice Fraser. Uh, find me online at, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or uh, look me up on patreon.com slash Fraser, which is a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs. I am on tour. I'm currently in Melbourne. I will be in Perth and Sydney. Then I will be in London elsewhere in the UK and in Edinburgh with my show Kronos. So that's going to be fun. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs>